Thank you so much for taking the time to listen to Sunday sermons from Southside Christian Fellowship. We would love to hear how God has blessed your life. Reach out to us through social media or email us at scfellowshipchurch at gmail.com. How many of you are excited about today? I want to tell you I love the church. I particularly love this body of believers. Y'all are just very special. When I, it never fails that when I come in here that y'all bring the presence of the Lord with you. And it's just a, an amazing feeling to that. So can we just give the Lord praise for our church? Hallelujah. I, I just thank you for the body of believers. Today I want to talk to you about how you celebrate Christmas. And when I did this, I'm going to be a little bit nostalgic. So y'all just give me a little little room in the natural, and then we'll finally get to the spiritual aspect of it. But I began to think back on some of the things that I, I did when I was growing up. And, of course, we had the, the Christmas tree, and it wasn't any Christmas tree. My mother was very particular. We had a guy that owned a uh, uh, place at the farmer's market, and he sold Christmas trees. And the particular tree that she wanted came from Hawaii. It had the exact number of branches on each time, and they were exactly spaced apart, you know. And then we, we'd come to hanging icicles, and she wouldn't let us kids hang the icicles at all. Because every icicle, and they were lead, by the way. You know, I came up during a time when asbestos and lead were good for you. They, they weren't kill you. But every icicle had to be hung to the exact same length. And so my mama hung one by one every icicle on the tree. It would take her two and a half days to get a tree ready. And as kids, we were just going crazy because we wanted it set up. But they were beautiful. And uh, uh, Mama just loved to do that. So we would, we would do that, and, and we'd go to downtown to Rich's at Thanksgiving and watch them turn on the big tree up there. And, get on, go, and we'd go inside and ride the pink pig. Anybody ever rode the pink pig? Amen. I didn't know I was going to become the pink pig. No, I'm just teasing. <laughs> but we, we all went and we rode the pink pig, and... You know, we sat down on Santa's lap and told him all the stuff we wanted for Christmas, and we'd come home, and I remember one Christmas that uh, Daddy decided he was going to upgrade. Now, we still had to have the, the natural tree in the living room, but in the den, Daddy bought a, an aluminum tree, and it had a, a wheel that turned, and it changed colors, and we put it in the window where you could see it from the road, and and Mother wouldn't do, you know, I wanted to decorate it, but I wanted to put like 90,000 different balls on it. Mother had to space them out just exactly right, and so, you know, the blue balls, I can remember to this day, those blue balls, that they crack if you look at them wrong, she put those all over the place, and uh, and it was pretty, I mean, it really was pretty. The first year we got it, uh, my brother Brick got a little cannon, toy cannon that shot balls that were about that big around, and I got a bazooka that shot little bullets that were about that long, soft plastic, and so Christmas was over, and we were unpacking our toys, and my daddy came into the living room and said, I bet you I can shoot one of those balls off that tree. And me, grinning from ear to ear, said, I bet you can. Sure enough, Brick, my daddy, and myself, we shot every, every ball off of that Christmas tree. Now, the best part was my mama thought it was hilarious. And nobody helped her clean up, of course. She had to clean up all the mess. But so I had to, I had those Christmas memories, and I have the memories of of uh, the Christmas Eve of sitting down at the table and Mama preparing, and we'd have all our family. And I didn't know at the time, but a lot of those were just real close friends. We called them aunt and uncle, and they were all there, and we would eat. Now my daddy had one rule: 
No paper plates. You don't eat off paper plates. You ate off of real china. You drank out of real crystal. And you had real silverware on the table, real silver on the table. That was his rule. And uh, the reason I know that is because Mama couldn't put that stuff in the dishwasher. And so the two days she took for hanging the icicle, she'd take two days to clean up all the mess that we created from the from the night before. But, you know, just special, special, special memories about Christmas. And, of course, there were a lot of gift-giving, a lot of gift-giving. We gave gifts, and uh, my grandmom and granddaddy had kind of grown up during the Depression era, and so... Whatever my granddaddy wanted, my mama would buy him. And whatever she, whatever he put on the list, he bought it. My mama bought it for him and gave it to him. And so we would do that. We'd have a good time. So we gave a lot of gifts, had a good time together, enjoyed it, celebrated it. And I don't know about you, and maybe you have some of those same memories, some of those same ideas, some of those same things that happened to you. But as I grew up, I began to understand Christmas was a whole different thing. As I began to look at look at what Christmas was all about, I began to realize it was about the birth of Christ and not about, about Santa Claus and me going to see Santa. It really wasn't about me at all. And that was a hard pill for me to swallow because at that point in time as a kid, I thought the whole universe revolved around me. Don't look at me so holy. Most of y'all thought the same thing. Most of your children think the same thing too, okay? So you'll know that. But I began to understand there was something about Christmas. And so I began to look at it, and I read all the yay, nay, good, bad. One of the most interesting things that I found out, though, was that the early church didn't celebrate Christmas. They celebrated the resurrection. How about that? It wasn't until later that Christmas began to be celebrated. And when they celebrated Christmas, that Christmas means the celebration of Christ. Now, from my perspective, if I'm going to look and see about the celebration of Christ, now I need to know that Christ is not Jesus' last name, regardless of what some vulgar people want to say, you know. And they think that Jesus Christ is better than saying GD, but I'm going to tell you, if you use it that way, it's just exactly the same way. It's, it's a vulgarity using the name of God. So we're going to talk about the Christ and the celebration of Christ. And I thought, this, I thought about that thing, and I thought, you know, this is interesting. Because at his birth, he really didn't do anything. Mary is the one that received from the Holy Spirit. Mary is the one that said, let it be done unto me as you will. Mary is the one that had to carry that joker around for nine months. A lot of you women know exactly what I'm talking about. And us men, we ain't got a clue. Mary's the one that had to give birth to him. And some people think, well, it was just a snap. But no, he was a baby. And he was born like every other baby. He was born in, in pain and sorrow. And so when I began to think about the celebration of Jesus and I began to celebrate the Christ, I love the idea of celebrating his birthday, whether it's December 25th or May 25th. I don't care. I want to celebrate the fact that my Savior was born into the world. But what I want to come around to is the fact that I don't want to just celebrate Jesus for being born. If that was that, if that was what we were going to do, we ought to call it Mary Mass. And we ought to be celebrating Mary instead of Jesus, because she's the one that did all the hard work during that time, okay? Now Jesus then began to came on the scene. And so when we're going to celebrate his birth, then it's not only his birth that we want to celebrate, but we want to celebrate the accomplishments on the earth before the resurrection. Does that make sense to everybody? 
And so when you sit down this, this, this Christmas to remember Christ, it's not just the fact that he was born and he was a little baby in a manger and, and those are wonderful, beautiful things and he was. And he, and he fulfilled all the scriptures that had to do with that. But he did so much more for us and he gave us so much more. I like what, I like what Mark said. For God so loved that he gave. The first gift, real gift giver was God himself. And what he gave to us was a savior. And he gave us a savior so that we could have communion with God himself. And, and the intimacy that had been destroyed in the Garden of Eden was now returned at the cross of Jesus Christ. Give God praise. Would you just give God praise? He sacrificed his son. And so I, I just want us to remember that. This word Christ, the celebration of Christ, Christ comes from a Greek word, Christos, which translated in Hebrew means Messiah. So we're going to celebrate the Messiah. The Messiah came, the anointed one. It's interesting that you played that, Mary, did you know? Uh, I stole the words from that, copied them down. And I began to read them because I want us to understand that when we celebrate Christ, this is really what we're celebrating, is the work that he did on earth, and then the resurrection. It says, it says, Mary, did you know your baby boy would one day walk on water? And what I did, I changed that, and I said, Eddie, do you realize that your Savior still walks on water? He can control the water itself. Amen. Yeah, I'm going to celebrate my Jesus. My Jesus walks on water. He's not some mystic form of my imagination. He is the man, Christ, the anointed one, the Messiah forever. And when he walked on water, he demonstrated his power and his authority over everything that is natural on the earth. Wow, so now when I celebrate him, I'm going to celebrate him as the supreme authority of heaven and on earth. He said, he said, Mary, Eddie, did you know that Jesus would save your sons and daughters? Do you know that? Are you celebrating the fact maybe your sons and your daughters are not in the place they should be? Maybe they're in a place that they're away from God. Maybe they're in a place where they're in danger. But God says, I will save your sons and your daughters. And there's biblical promise behind that. I'm reading it out of the song, but there's biblical promise behind that. And so, you know, you just need to determine, God, you, you, you have saved my sons and my daughters. You did it over 2,000 years ago when you were born, lived, died, crucified, and rose again from the dead. Amen. Come on, give God praise one more time, would you? Just give God praise. I might want to go through every one of these like that, but, well, maybe I would. He said, did you know, do you know that he's come to make you new? His blessings and His grace are new every morning. You know, we have the, we have the ability through the power of the Holy Spirit to be renewed every day. I was in prayer not long ago, and I think it was with Gary. If I'm giving the wrong person credit, please forgive me. But as he was praying, he said, you know, he said, God, today is the only day that's going to be like this. You realize that today is the only day in all of eternity that will ever be like this day. There's never been one before, and there will never be one thereafter. And so God said, you can either 
take advantage of it and be renewed and walk in the newness of heart and newness of mind. Or you can complain and gripe and act like a jerk. You can choose to bless those that persecute you or you can choose to rail against them. You can choose to give or you can choose to take. You can choose to bless or you can choose to take the blessing away. You can curse or you can give life. What are you going to do with today? What are you going to do with today? Remember, we're celebrating Jesus. Jesus was born to give us those great things in our life. He said, this is Mary. Did you know your baby boy would give sight to the blind? That he could calm the storm? That the deaf would hear? That the dead would live again? That the lame would leap? The dumb would speak? Did you know these things? Did you know that He is the Lord of all creation? Did you know that He was the great I Am? And I'm not saying, Mary, did you know? I'm saying, Eddie, do you realize that's who the God is that you serve? Come on, give God praise. Give Him praise. I mean, God is so good. And He has given to us so much. You see, He didn't just give us a little baby in a manger. He gave us a Savior. He gave us the King of kings and the Lord of lords. He gave us the one that has the ability to call the dead back to life. He gave us the, he gave us the one that had the ability to speak life and, and uh, eyes be open, ears be open, cancers be gone. It made no difference. Our God is greater than anything on the planet. So we want to celebrate who He is, and what He's done for us. And then, not only did He do it, He sent He sent the Holy Spirit to you and to me and said, now you go do it. You go do it. I love what Isaiah says. Isaiah 53, 3, talking about Jesus, that He was despised and rejected by men. That happens today, doesn't it? All the time. I read a story on Facebook. Maybe you read it too. There's this woman. She was struggling financially. And one day she came home and she found all these groceries. It filled up her entire pantry. She was so excited she called her neighbor and said, Come over and look what God did. God did it. God filled up my 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 pantry. God filled up my pantry and giving him praise. And about the time, about the second time he said that, this man jumped out of the hood and said, I'm the one that brought those groceries over here. I'm an atheist. God didn't do anything. I did that for you. And she looked at him and she said, praise God, God filled my pantry. He said, are you dumb? I don't believe in God. I'm the one that went out. I used my money. I bought those, 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 that food for you and I'm the one that set it on the front door God didn't have anything to do with it and she said God filled my pantry up he said lady you are dumb he said she said no I'm not he said God used my fill my pantry up and used the devil to pay for it don't expect people to accept you because you love Jesus and don't let everybody that says they're a Christian fool you Followers of Christ are those that are willing to lay down their lives. They're the ones that don't despise Jesus. How do you know whether you despise Jesus or not? If you're ashamed to talk about Him, you're despising. If you hide Jesus from people, something is wrong. 
Well, I might get rejected. I guarantee you'll get rejected. But would you rather be rejected by man or would you rather deny God? He was despised and rejected by men, a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. Think about that. How many of you have experienced sorrows? How many of you have experienced grief? Jesus was too. Surely he has borne our grief and carried our sorrows. Yet we esteemed him stricken, smitten by God, and afflicted. But he was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. Upon him was the chastisement that brought us peace. And by his wounds we are healed. All we, like sheep, have grown astray. We have turned every one to his own way. And the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. You see, the reason that Jesus was a man of sorrows had nothing to do with the life that he lived. The sorrow comes from the life that you and I have lived. The sorrow came from the life that was being lived before him. Don't you remember when he came to the tomb of Lazarus? And the Bible said he looked out over Jerusalem and the Bible says he wept. The sorrow that welled up inside of him. He wasn't, he wasn't weeping over Lazarus. He wasn't grieving because his friend was dead. He knew what he was fixing to do. Now, he may have been weeping because he had to call him back from the dead. I don't know, but that's not the truth. But what what the truth really is, is that he was looking over Jerusalem and he was seeing the fact that there was so much unbelief. There was so much unbelief and so much sorrow. And these, these men and these women could no longer connect to God. They were trying to do it through some formulatic way where they, they kept these Ten Commandments and these 656 different rules that the, the rabbis had set out. And if that wasn't enough, there were some more rules that they could be done. And they didn't have a relationship with God. They had a relationship with this religion. They had a relationship with this sacrificial system that no longer even worked because there was no power and no authority in it. And they were trying to come into contact with God and Jesus is saying I am the way I am the truth I am the life no man comes unto the Father except by me says the Lord he's saying and I'm weeping because there's so many that don't see it there's so many that reject me so many that don't understand I'm the Christ I am the anointed one I am the Messiah I am God's door of salvation he was filled with sorrow he was filled with grief at the pain and the, the hurting that people through he, were going through. He was, he was grieved because of the sickness and disease that was on people's lives. He was grieved because of the demonic realm that held captive so many of the people that he loved. For God so loved us that he gave, not just you and me, everybody, the demoniacs that are walking on the street, he loves them that much. The sick, the wounded, the afflicted, the rebellious. Anybody in here rebellious? Ever been rebellious? Thank you for that honesty. The rest of you liars and probably going to hell. No, I'm just teasing. I'm just teasing. That's not true. You ever been rebellious? Sure. Some of us. Some of us to greater extent than others. You know, I was a good boy myself. Look what he says. He said he carries our griefs. He carries our sorrows. God said, I don't want you to walk around in grief. I don't want you to walk around in sorrow. 
I don't want you to walk around in iniquity. I don't want you to walk around in the filth of this world. I want you to walk in my peace. The kingdom of God is right relationship with the Father, peace, and joy. He said, I want you walking in the kingdom. And he said, not only do I want you walking in the kingdom, I want you to realize that the kingdom is within, which means wherever you walk, the kingdom of God is stepping foot. And so I want you to change the atmosphere wherever you go. I've called people to power and authority, not to sorrow and to grief. I've called them to a place to where they can bring life and they can speak life because Jesus, that's what he did for each one of us. I've heard people, I'm going to read Peter a minute, when Peter said, by his stripes we are healed, they said, that was a that was just a spiritual healing. We now get to go and be with Jesus. It was for eternal life. Bull. That would be the denying that Jesus was Jewish. You see, Jesus did not believe that you could separate body, soul, and spirit. And so if he healed one, he healed all three. Your body from sicknesses and disease, your your soul from your emotions and your woundedness, and your spirit forever. Eternally. That's the gift God gave you. See, that's the gift of Jesus Christ so that we understand these things. I hear people say, well, it's not, it wasn't physical healing. It wasn't physical healing. Well, let me read you another scripture, okay? Matthew 8, 14. And when Jesus entered to Peter's house, he saw his mother-in-law lying sick with a fever. Say sick. He touched her hand and the fever left her and she arose and began to serve him. That evening they brought to him many who were oppressed by demons and he cast out the spirits with a word and he healed all who were sick. Say all sick. He healed them all. Everyone that did what? That came to him. He healed them all. But now this is the hook right here. This was to fulfill what was spoken by the prophet Isaiah. He took our illnesses and bore our diseases. Oh, come on, give God praise. Come on, give God praise. And those things have been paid for. Our healing has been taken care of. And we need to begin to walk in the power of that healing. Well, Eddie, I've tried. I had not been successful. Well, don't stop trying. Just because you have an experience does not mean that the Word of God is not true. The truth is in the Word of God, and every man is a liar. And he tells us, take hold of that truth and don't let go of that truth. One more scripture. He committed no sin, Jesus Neither was deceit found in his mouth. When he was reviled, he did not revile in return. When he suffered, he did not threaten, but continued entrusting himself to him who judges justly. Who did he trust himself to? Who have you entrusted yourself to? Or are you still trying to control? If I'm in control, and I know I'm fixing to get beat beyond recognition. And then I'm going to have nails driven through my feet and my hands. I'm going to figure out every way possible to get out of that mess. I'm not going to say, God, I trust you.
<laughs> but Jesus said, you better. And you better pray the same prayer. If it's possible, let this cup pass. But if not, nevertheless, not my will, but your will be done. Jesus said the will of the Father was to crucify the Son. Why? Because he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquity. The chastisement of our peace was upon him. And by his stripes we were healed. He wasn't looking at the temporary beating and crucifixion, no matter how hor horrific and horrible it was. He wasn't looking at the, the encounter with hell. He wasn't even looking just at the resurrection. He was looking at the healing of the people that he had created because they could now come unto him. They could now follow him. They could now behold the glory of the Most High God through the Christ. Is this making any sense to you? Peter goes on to say, after he entrusted himself to him who judges justice, he himself bore our sins in his body on the tree that we might die to sin and live to righteousness. By his wounds, you have been healed. I'm perfect. Did y'all know that? I'm just telling you what Jesus said. He said he's perfected forever those who are being sanctified. I've been perfected forever, forever, but I'm just in that category of being sanctified. What does sanctified means? That means I have to be straightened out a little bit every once in a while, like every day almost. But regardless of that, you see what he's saying is, Eddie, entrusts yourself to me. Quit trying to figure it all out. Quit trying to control everything in your life. Quit trying to fix everything and give it to me. Yeah. You ever heard that saying, let go and let God? What's well, a wonderful saying, isn't it? Have ever people walk up to you and say, let go and let God? Then they say, hold on. Then they say, let go. Then they say, rub your hair. You know, you just go, okay, God, I'm totally confused. I, Josh was listening to a, to a, uh, video the other day and he came up and told me he said dad he said i found out something i said what's that he said people been telling me all along let go and let god let go and let god he might he said they might as well say go go kick the ball and kick the can i don't know how to let go and let god so i just don't know how to t turn that over he said i try to trust god but i don't he said this woman that she's been praying to god teach me what that means let go and let god Please teach me what it means to let go. And the Lord instantly reminded her of her little girl. And he said, you remember that time that she had that pair of shoes that she loved so much? Little shoes had a gold bow on them. And she lost one of them. It kind of broke her heart. But she held on to the other one. And you wanted to throw it away and go buy her a pair of shoes and she wouldn't let go of it. She would not let go of it. And after a while, as things like that do with little kids, it kind of got broken and sort of destroyed. And again, she was heartbroken because this was something very precious to her. 
Finally, she went to her daddy and gave it to her daddy and said, Daddy, can you fix it? And he did the best he could, and it looked like junk. Handed it back to her, and she cried. She said, this is not the way it was. This is not the way it was. So her mama came over to her and said, let me take a try. She said, no, I'll just keep it like this. I'll just keep it like this. I'll just keep it like this. And her mama said, you don't, it's not right. You don't like it like that. She said, yeah, but I just, just can't let go of it. She said, honey, let me have it. She said, I, I don't know, mommy. She said, don't you trust me? She said, yeah, but what if something happens? What if you can't fix it? What if you mess it up worse? What if you don't do real good with it? She said, let me have it. And she said, it took quite a while. Finally, the little girl handed it to her mother. Mama said, I went and went to YouTube. Thank God for YouTube, right? And so I, she said, I looked and looked and looked. And I finally found how to repair a shoe. This, and it showed me pretty much this specific shoe. So she said, I had to tear it all the way to pieces. And so the little girl saw it. And when she saw it, she just absolutely had a fit. And she said, I knew you'd ruin my mind. I knew you'd ruin my mind. You knew it. She said, I'm not finished. I'm not finished. A couple of days later, she finished it. She brought it back to her, her baby girl. Her baby girl said, Mama, it's just like new. You fixed it. It's just like new. And the Lord said, the same problem your little girl had turning that shoe over to you, you're having that same problem turning your stuff over to me. Jesus entrusted himself to the just judge. Who are you entrusting yourself to? When we celebrate Christ this Christmas, we celebrate the victory over sickness, sin, disease, death, hell, and the grave. We celebrate the open door to intimacy with the Most High God. That's what you're celebrating. Does that make sense to you? Take time to celebrate Christ. Give your gifts. Enjoy yourself. But don't forget to give thanks. Stand to your feet. Before you leave today, I want you to do something. And then I'm going to turn it back over to Pastor Herman. I want you to take communion. I'm not going to lead you. I want you to do it on your own. And whatever you're holding on to, whatever you're holding on to, I want you to entrust it to the just judge. I want you to give it to the one whose life we're going to celebrate. I want you to give it to the one who loves you more than anybody on the planet. He loves you more than your mama, your daddy, your husband, your wife, or your children. I want you to entrust it to Him. Would you do that for me? Bow your heads. Father God, we know that You sent to us the perfect gift. You sent us a gift that provided for our every need, took care of our every failure, washed us and cleansed us from all guilt and all shame. You provided us a gift that no man could provide for us. You provided us a way back into your presence. 
You provided for us life itself. Lord, as we celebrate, as we worship, as we magnify, we declare, not our will, but your will be done. We trust you, Lord Jesus. We trust you with the little things and the big things. We give it all to you. In Jesus' name. You've been listening to Sunday Sermons from Southside Christian Fellowship Church, a place where you are loved, accepted, and received, a place of healing, a place of prayer, a place of hope. We invite you to join us this Sunday and every Sunday. For service times, location, and other information about the church, please visit our website at southsidechristianfellowship.net. Again, that's southsidechristianfellowship.net. As we wrap up today's message, we would like to once again thank you for listening. We would like to also have Papa Herman to speak a Father's blessing over you. May the Lord bless and keep you, that he would cause his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you, that the Lord would lift up the light of his countenance upon you and give you his peace. And remember that the Lord's favor is with you all the time. Expect it. It is with you. It's manifesting itself to you. It will overtake you no matter where you are. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.